0: So you wanna have a little axe throwing, maybe curling, shuffleboard, escape rooms, bowling. Does that sound like fun? I think it does. And my guests today have all of that covered and more. On this episode, we're talking experiential entertainment with Ginger Flesher Saunier and Duncan Ward, both from the Ginger Companies. Live from New York is where we buy. All right. That's right, Duncan. You're listening to Where We Buy. It's the show about the things we buy and the places we buy them. We are recording live at the Javits Center at the ICSC New York Dealmaking Conference. My name is James Cook. I research retail and real estate for JLL. Where We Buy is a show where we talk with retail experts and we visit shopping spots across the nation. Today, we've got Ginger flesher sonier and Duncan Ward of the Ginger Companies. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for joining Thank me you. here. Thanks, James. Yeah, I am so excited to hear more about everything you guys have going on. Ginger, I want to start with you because I know you're kind of a puzzle person, and I think that kind of led you into your first endeavor, which was creating an escape room. So I want to hear more about that. Like, What was that evolution like for you?
1: Oh, it was funny. Because I was a math teacher for so many years and the coach of the mathletes, I was always doing puzzles. But even from the time that I was a child, I had a a penchant for puzzles and always read books that had puzzles or mysteries in them. And when I was in Europe for three months on a contract with my husband, we were looking for fun things to do. And we discovered escape rooms, mostly through TripAdvisor. I was using TripAdvisor to find things to do, and I noticed that escape rooms were ranked above museums, and even the Louvre, on TripAdvisor. Really? Number one, it freaked me out. Yeah, that's a little weird. (laughs) Disturbed me quite a bit. But I also wanted to go and check them out because it sounded like something I would absolutely love. And I did. I fell in love with them. And every city that we went to in Europe, we did escape rooms. But I also immediately was thinking, how can I improve this? And how can I make it um, more user-friendly, more family-friendly, more corporate-friendly? So uh, using my woman's touch, I decided to open the first escape rooms in Washington, DC and make the lobby and the rooms attractive and it was an immediate hit and i just had to keep expanding and expanding and building more rooms and we even blew out the wall in the first one and made the lobby bigger to accommodate larger groups coming in
0: that's so interesting so what kinds of things were you seeing at these escape rooms that you were going to like like they the the environments themselves were shabby i mean what was that all good about good question
1: um, some of them were located in basements or in rooms in people's houses. Oh, So weird. it was always strange and shady getting into them. And then things were so worn, and they felt very thrift shop. Everything in there seemed like it was just grabbed from a thrift shop or secondhand, which is the inexpensive way to do it. But I, it felt grimy touching everything. The puzzles were great and it was a lot of fun, but I thought, wow, what if it was, you know, the room itself was decorated nicely and the, the, the props were new. <laughs>
0: so how do you, how do you get that? How do you, you don't have a background in set design, right?
1: No, but I've always loved interior design. That's just been, i decorated my house. I redid a home and decorated it and all my family.
0: <laughs> so that's just your passion is creating cool environments. yes. So tell me, walk me through, because I haven't been to one of your escape rooms. Walk me through what it might be like for me to visit one for the first time, maybe your favorite one.
1: Sure, sure. Well, first of all, it's important to note that when you come to one of our venues, the as soon as you walk through the door, you feel like you're immersed in a different space, and the lobby is beautiful and fun and funky. And it has a bar, which, of course, puts everybody in a better mood. Great idea. Right <laughs> and, off the bat. And map. they're more creative suddenly. Um, but then let's say you could choose to do our mummy room. You're given a pre-story, a context for what you're doing in the room, and a mission. So when you enter the room, you know kind of what your goal is. And you spend your time just exploring and looking around, and there are hidden clues. There are.
0: Uh, would a mission be like uh, this? Mummy is going to kill me, or like what? What? Yes, yeah, so you get
1: trapped in the tomb, and you're running out of air, um, and the curse of Anubis you have to break, and it's very <laughs> Indiana Jones. I love. oh Yeah, there's a crate, I would love this. There's a talking sphinx head that gives you a clue once you trigger. You touch some some glyphs, um, and then you walk into it. You go into another room with a sarcophagus it's just it's fun and then in the end you finally have to step on some stones in a certain order of clues that you were given and that releases the door
0: how how long does this an escape room is it an hour normally
1: yeah we actually do 45 minutes and the reason behind that is when we did them in europe we noticed we got fatigue at about 30 minutes and you just your adrenaline rush is gone it's you're just kind of ugh. And then you look at the clock and be like, wow, we've another half hour. And I thought if it was 45 minutes, it that adrenaline rush doesn't drop as far and you feel so much more pressure and I went with 45 minutes.
0: That's that's so smart. So Duncan, I don't want to I don't want to leave you out here. So Thank you. so you're the COO, right? I am indeed. All right. So what What does the COO at a company like this uh, do? What's your day-to-day like? You're uh, looking for for the Sphinx head broke down and we have to uh, repair the Titanic. I mean, what kinds of stuff are you
2: dealing with? (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Well, I think it's fair to say I'm the antithesis of of Ginger. So I'm completely hopeless at puzzles. (laughs) Um, In fact, in fairness, the first escape room I did when I joined, I'd probably still be in it. (laughs) <laughs> if uh, you know, if I hadn't been given some you clues ran out of air. You're dead exactly. Yeah, sorry, uh-uh. no more for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, operationally, you know, these things have to be run, and of course, we've got our other venues as well, our axe throwing, and our new concepts coming up. So we've got guys who are running all those, And basically, I oversee that team to ensure that these things run as smoothly as possible. And what you said about breakdowns is is right. I mean, they are quite complicated mechanical rooms, some of them, so there's a lot of repairs and upgrades and that kind of thing to keep them fresh and interesting. And of course, to make sure they work, because you can imagine if you're, you're stuck in this puzzle for 40 minutes and you're just about to get out and you're really excited and the final trigger doesn't work or something, it's gonna devastate the whole experience. So it's really important that things run smoothly and you know look as good as they can. So yeah, that's kind of it.
0: So you started with escape rooms, with Escape Room Live, but there's two new concepts that I want to learn about from you guys. Tell me more about these other concepts that you've rolled out or or are rolling out.
1: Well, one of them is kick-axe throwing. We have two current locations and another one opening in about four to five weeks, and they are indoor axe throwing in a lodge-like atmosphere, and they all have bars and food, some food element. So... the the key here is that, again, you're immersed in a different environment. You walk in and you feel like you're in a Canadian lodge. So, it's all about the experience and we have Axe Pros (laughs) that guide you (laughs) through your experience and they're sort of like cheerleaders and game masters and they they, um, pump everybody up, they make it competitive because we're all about competitive socializing. We feel that's the wave of the future Um, and Uh, just experiencing that, uh, having them help with the experience, tie it all together and just make it something where people walk out and immediately write a review saying, wow, that was so much fun. I can't believe I had that much fun.
0: One of the the knocks that, uh, because there's a lot of axe throwing concepts expanding right now. And one of the knocks that they get is you just take a warehouse, throw up some boards, you know, make some targets. And it's all very inexpensive feeling. I get a feeling that yours you know, yours is, is a real immersive environment. How do you, how do you create, what, what's it like, what's a Canadian
1: oh, lodge so, all about? Behind every bar, we have the tartan wallpaper, we have uh, a large moose head, we have fireplaces, we have comfortable Chesterfield sofas, and um, it's just very loungy and very lodgy.
0: That sounds great. Um, so it's kind of like a ski lodge feel. Yes, sort of, exactly. At Whistler or Banff yes. or whatever. That yep. That sounds fantastic. And so that's kickaxe throwing, and then you've got Throw Social, which has a whole bunch of stuff. Tell me, tell yes. us about that.
1: So Throw Social is in a Palm Beach chic vibe. So it has the flamingos, it has the the palms, the banana palms, the. Um, greenery cabanas that you can rent but in addition to that wonderful Florida feel it has fun games so we have football bowling where you throw a football to knock down bowling pins and it's incredibly addictive we have indoor iceless curling so that's tons of fun for people to get involved with shuffleboard other any kind of backyard type game that you can bring inside we also have a roof deck that we'll be opening in late spring or summer where we can just bring all kinds of games.
0: Big picture, how many locations and, uh, and in cities are you in and what's the growth plan look like for you guys right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. And I mean, what we're cautious to do, look, is not I mean, we get a lot of offers a lot of the time, obviously, because this market is very hot. I mean, I think Ginger probably, in fairness, has been kind of modest about the quality of the environments. If you walked in them, they are absolutely fabulous. I mean, my background is sort of restaurants and leisure and bars generally, and these things are incredible. I mean, the whole environment from beginning to end is an amazing experience. So, not surprisingly, we get a lot of landlords, a lot of funders, a lot of people who are contacting us and saying, you know, here's this opportunity. But we, of course, don't want to sort of run too fast and expand too quickly. We want to ensure that we're able to cope and operate and run these things to keep up the standard of the company. So. Our initial focus is, uh, we've got one in in Philadelphia, but initial focus is primarily in Washington, D.C. and New York. Um, We may then expand down the east towards Miami, but initially it's about concentrating in those obviously very sort of trendy Um, central urban areas. Because that's the other thing. You mentioned a few minutes ago about Axto and going into sort of -of out-of-town shed-type environments. That's absolutely true. They do, but we don't. You know, we're right in the middle of a high demographic, high footfall, city center, shopping mall, you know, high-profile, good-quality sites. So it's about doing less but doing them well, really, rather than just getting to some massive number. That's another thing.
1: Um, Our locations have all been chosen for their walkability. I know when I go out... I wanna park once, do an experience, and then be able to go to bars and restaurants around, and especially in the beginning when we didn't have a food and beverage element, I wanted to be close to other bars and restaurants and shops. So all of our locations are within walking distance of all of that, every single one, which is um, another key difference. I know there's a low barrier of entry into the ax throwing and some of these other uh, activities, but when you go high rent, and high quality, it's a different ball game. So it's a different experience for
0: people. So I'm assuming you've got F&B, you've got food at Throw Social and Kickaxe, right? Yes. What's the What's the menu look like? We're t- talking about sliders, or is it more We elevated? do have
1: sliders, of course. <laughs> um, and we try to keep it simple. For example, instead of pigs in a blanket, we have pigs in a flannel. We make everything kind of <laughs> fun and kitschy. Um, But simple finger foods, because we don't want something that's difficult to eat when you're axe throwing. Um, Throw social, it'll be a little more upscale. Um, But still, again, simple finger foods that are satisfying and really creative cocktails at throw social. Lots of cotton candy drinks, lots of Instagrammable drinks and food. Have you guys uh,
0: partnered with uh, specialists to create these you know special drinks for you is that how that works
1: well we do have a guy from top golf that just joined our team (laughs) and um he's pretty creative in the cocktail creation i have ideas of what i want and what i want it to look like i want low calorie drinks that look beautiful and taste fruity you know it's simple (laughs) but um no we don't have anyone from the outside helping us. We it's a good question though,
2: James, because I think what I've seen even since I've been here is that the F&B element is increasing dramatically in importance. I mean, initially it was a sort of a secondary income and still is to a certain extent. And food probably will be an ongoing basis in that it's about raising the check value and it's about keeping people in the venue longer. But drink is becoming more and more important as a profit earner for us. And you know, as we realize that and expand that and take on locations where that's much more of a primary focus, the kind of thing that you talk about is, is obviously becoming increasingly important because that's what the market's demanding and that's squarely where we are with our customers. You know, we got high demographic, high quality, strong income people and they want trendy, cool, funky stuff. So, you know, that's what we're giving them. I read, and I don't know how true this is, but I read in a piece that your escape rooms do triple
0: the revenue Of your competitors I'm not going to ask you guys To reveal your numbers But clearly You're earning more Than the competition Do you attribute that Is that Because of the quality That you put into Or what do you attribute that to?
1: Several things Number one is the location Again We make it easy for people To get to us And park once And we're in city centers So corporate team building Is especially Comfortable coming to us where the businesses are. Second, the quality of the rooms and the quality of the customer service is is awesome. (laughs) That's important to me. And then third, I would say is that we have very large party spaces and lobbies. We can accommodate very large groups and we plan that going into our build. We select locations that have large lounge and lobby areas and other people don't do that. They want to maximize the escape rooms, so they, they fill them all with escape rooms, and I don't believe that's the, the way to do it, and it has paid off, so <laughs> I think it works.
0: It seems to me that every escape room would be really Instagrammable. Do you, do you get a lot of social media, or are they too uh, engaged in playing the game to, t- to be able to take photos?
1: Usually too engaged in playing the game, yes.
0: As it Does social media play a, play a part uh, now, in marketing? Now, it plays marketing? a
1: part, definitely, definitely. That's actually how I built the business in the beginning was taking a group photo of every group that came through and then posting it on social media and asking them to, to like it and share it or tag people. And it was amazing how quickly it grew just from that marketing and that was free. Um, Now I make my venues very Instagrammable. We have the the green walls with the neon signs. We have cool furniture. Um, The activities themselves are Instagrammable. So it's, it's extremely important to us to take all of that into consideration.
0: And would you say the target audience for, well, I guess I'm thinking about all of your concepts, are millennials the target audience or is it bigger than that?
1: It is definitely bigger than that. Um, the Millennials are a small portion our main demographic and I'm getting this from data um, are the 25 to 45 year olds and they're the ones with the disposable income you know a lot of people think college kids and that's actually not our demographic they can't afford it <laughs> because our experiences are so high-end we we kind of cater to a different group a how much more mature a, group
0: how much is a ticket for an escape room
1: escape room i think is 28 dollars. the axe throwing is 35 dollars per person
0: yeah so that's totally affordable to somebody who's a working person but if you're in college that's right. a lot of money
1: right right and if you want to go out you know people are going out they want to go out on their free time and get away from their phone and spend time with people um they want to make it count they want to do something that is shareable on social media but also um Interesting, and it's not sitting at a restaurant or a bar anymore. Just talking with your friends, you have to have an activity involved with it, and I think that's the wave of the future.
0: How big a role do company corporate events play in in your revenue, or do you have a percentage?
1: It's a pretty, at least, yeah,
0: it's a pretty significant, very significant chunk. So, a group you you wouldn't want to ignore, do you have to do special, do you have to do things differently to appeal to that corporate audience?
1: A little bit, our our marketing and advertising, Um, but yeah, just doing some value add for hosting a special event instead of just coming in for a different, or just coming in for a regular booking, but reaching those people, we find, it's funny, word of mouth actually between corporations. And some of the corporations in the cities that we're in are so large, we can tap every department and have somebody from, you know, Bank of America every other week. It's crazy.
0: Now, And you're in D.C., so you're probably getting, do you get federal employees
1: coming in too? We do. We get everybody. We've had the FBI there.
0: Oh, wow. You're (laughs) Um, kidding.
1: Yeah, but in New York, we have Google, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Everybody comes to us, and it's wonderful, multiple times because their departments are so big.
0: Oh, wow, that's great. I,
2: I love the idea that the FBI is trying to solve one of your escapes. Yes. Yeah. They're, yes. still, they're still stuck in there. They didn't make it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny though, James, because you mentioned the, uh, you know, the appeal to corporates. And actually, I think the big thing I found when I came on board was that they were naturally just coming to us without genuinely any sort of particular effort to, to drive the corporate business. You know, it's a large part of the company's turnover already. Without actually having to make that much effort for it. But if you think about it, we're kind of custom made for that market, aren't we? You know, taking a group of people, colleagues out from work, wanting them to have a good time, wanting them to interact with each other, building team spirit, all that kind of thing. You know, our skate rooms, axe throwing, all that is almost designed for that sort of activity, isn't it? So I think that's why we appeal so much to the corporates. And we have
1: great bar packages, yeah, exactly. food packages, yeah. so they don't have to do anything. And it's just very appealing.
2: Yeah, I know that, you know,
0: working in offices over the years, the annual trip to the bowling alley gets a little tired after a while. And, you know, you want to spice it up with something more adventurous. I, I love it. Yeah. So, Ginger, it seems to me like you'll, you'll, um, several times now, have identified a, a great new entertainment trend and then gone in and kind of done it better.
1: Yeah, that's.
0: That would would you say <laughs> the that's goal. the ginger twist? Yes, is, is yes. you add your My magic. My husband
1: calls it gingerizing.
0: Gingerizing,
1: <laughs> I gingerize it.
0: Are you an enter like a um, an amusement park goer? Do you go to Disney World and places like that? Is that I your don't. scene? No, no, no. So those are crowded and there's yeah. lots of people, and you're yeah. more refined and like the. Th-
1: yeah, I like something course. special.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that. It seems to me that entertainment yeah. and food. Is becoming increasingly more important part of, you know, the retail environment that I'm I'm studying every day. Do either of you have see that still growing, or have we kind of reached a plateau at this point?
2: Cool. No. I mean, I think it, frankly we see it growing exponentially. I mean, when Ginger touched earlier on about the fact that people sitting at the corner of a bar like perhaps we would have done at one time isn't enough now. When you, you questioned about millennials and I think that though they're not necessarily a huge part of our business, they are an important part because what we're finding is that, that you know, people who are used to constant activity or constant sort of stimulation from, from their phones or iPads or TV or whatever it is, want something when they go out. And this really, these kind of activities are really providing that stimulus. So they are willing to turn off Hulu and Netflix and turn off the phones and you know, actually go out and enjoy themselves in an environment. Even if they're not necessarily partaking in it, the fact that it's happening in that environment, you know, the fact that there's things going on, that's what they like and it's the fun. And they, that is only gonna get bigger. We don't, none of us can sit here now with crystal balls and say exactly what it'll look like, but we know it's growing without a doubt and it's growing hugely. And for us and for other operators, it's ideal the way the market's shifting because you know we are the kind of anchor tenant in a development which will bring people in, and then as Ginger says, they'll do other things. So you know, the landlords look at us and think, "Well, this is great because not only do they provide revenue individually, but they also help the other tenants that are there." You know, you can only have so many standard restaurants and coffee shops. You've got to do other things, and we are that other thing, and that's only going to get bigger and bigger as time moves and a on. A lot
1: of our our guests spill out into the surrounding area and restaurants thank us all the time
0: (laughs) how do you feel about the repeatability of your different concepts i mean i would think you do an escape room once you're not gonna do it again that's why we
1: offer it in the dmv area we have nine different actual escape rooms so they can always experience something new
0: wow nine different puzzles to solve and themes that's so cool I want to thank you guys so much um, for joining me sure. today. thank you for Duncan, asking us. Duncan and Ginger, I love learning about all of the different concepts that you guys have working on. For our listeners out there, if you've got a comment on today's show, you can leave a message on the Where We Buy hotline, and we'll use your voice in an upcoming show. Give us a call at 602-633-4061, and be sure to tell us your name and where you're calling from. To hear more interviews, audio retail tours, and new research insights, you can subscribe to Where We Buy on the iPhone podcast app, on Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Or you can go to our website, which is wherewebuy.show. And a special thank you to ICSC that made this live podcast possible. All right.